business is the fuel that drives America. Innovation, hard work, risk, and reward. It's what many call the American dream, and we're bringing the dream to you. It's the Business Beyond the Boardroom Show with your host, Mark Steckman. In this morning's episode of the podcast, I've invited Todd Handy into the studio. Todd is the Chief Digital Officer of Beasley Media Group. Beasley Media Group is celebrating its 60th year anniversary as a broadcaster with its original roots in radio. And today, as a leader in radio, events, esports, and digital content and marketing. Now, if you're a first-time listener, thanks for giving our podcast a listen. I hope that you'll find a nugget in every episode to be inspirational, educational, or motivational. I'm Mark Steckman, the host of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. The show originates right here in sunny and tropical Tampa Bay, Florida, and airs live every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Now, if you're outside of our radio listening area, you can listen to the show live online. Just hop over to moneytalk1010.com. This podcast that you're listening to right now, it includes elements taken from the live radio show, like today's episode, and also some exclusive content that you'll only find right here on the podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you like the show that you'll hit this little subscribe button on your screen. And if you really like what we're doing, give us a review and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues who you know want to learn, grow, and be inspired. All right, let's get to it. Here's episode number 191 with Todd Handy, Chief Digital Officer of Beasley Media Group. Enjoy. pleasure for me to have in studio our chief digital officer. His name is Todd Handy. And as a matter of fact, I can't imagine that George Beasley, when he started this company 60 years ago, would have even begun to imagine that he would have a person that worked for the company and was running a division of the company that would be called the chief digital officer. Right, Todd? Was that word even around? I'm not sure that word was around, and uh, 60 years ago, I wasn't around, so we'll go there uh, both ways. <laughs> okay. Well, for those who are listening uh, you know, to this show each and every week, uh, of course, they hear me talk about Beasley Media Group because this is the uh, parent company that owns these radio stations here in our uh, radio station compound here in Tampa, St. Pete. Uh, but Todd, I'd love for you to tell everybody what you do as the chief digital officer for Beasley Media Group. Mark, ultimately, my responsibility is for all of the revenue that we're driving from a digital standpoint, as well as working with our chief content officer to ensure that we're doing everything we can to engage our users, ensuring that we have the content which is going to bring them there, that will keep them there, that will act as a supplement to the on-air content that we have as well, and ultimately will be able to drive the engagement that we're looking for the eyeballs for our advertisers and give them a package that will help everybody in the community. So as a as a broadcast media company, you know, our goal, our top top most important goal of course is to create great content whether it's on the radio or online that uh, or at events for that matter that uh, people are interested in, engaged in, they want to interact with. And then, of course, uh, the, the part of that that we have uh, as a real important priority is to monetize all those eyeballs or, or ears wherever they are watching us or listening to us. And online has become a real big, uh, b- real big focus of that. What's your background? Where did you, uh, how did, what led you to uh, Beasley Media Group? Uh, you've been with the company 
Two, two years. Two years. I two thought years. it was about two years. Yep. Yeah. So wh- what led you here? Well, so interestingly enough, my background is in digital, but <clears throat> excuse me, as a young kid, I can remember listening to Rick D's Top 40. Sure, me too. And spent a lot of time listening to a lot of radio. I grew up in a small town in Utah, mm. had the opportunity to even clean uh, carpets in a friend's radio station, friend's parents' radio station. So mm. music's been a big part of my life, but I've had the opportunity to be involved in technology a mm. lot. Had opportunity to work with America Online Prodigy in the early days of online ah, services. That was one of the first ones. Absolutely, Prodigy. I Absolutely, about that. Yeah. I've been in sales and marketing, and have had uh, an incredible opportunity to be able to drive sales across multiple large blue chip publishers. So, my uh, charter really is in line with what I've done through most of my career, mm. and having an opportunity to come and do that in a digital opportunity in a radio company is a little bit more of a challenge because mm. if you think about 60 years of radio that we've done, we haven't done 60 years of digital. Right. No one in the media space has done that. So we're trying to get better at that. We're seeing what the competitors are doing. We're seeing what our users are looking for and ultimately what our advertisers are trying to do as they're reaching those users. Yeah, because it's all and it's all evolving so quickly that – uh, you have to have someone who's leading the charge. It can't just be, you know, haphazard approach, especially when you're talking a large public company like we are. How how are broadcast media companies like Beasley Media Group um, leading in the digital space? Because I think a lot of people, when they think of digital, the digital space and leaders in the digital space, they think of pure play digital companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not a pure play digital company, although we're becoming one in many many ways. We're creating a lot of content on online. But how are companies like Beasley Media Group uh, leading in in this particular industry? Well, and interesting, you should mention pure plays because that's one of the most difficult things for the incumbent media companies to do to compete against pure plays is that we have stations and sticks and everything else that are overhead costs for us that pure plays don't have. Right. Think about a newspaper company and the print that it has. So it's got the presses, it has the buildings, has everything else. Think of TV and everything they have. These pure plays don't have any of those drags on their costs. Mm. And so they're able to produce content at a much lower cost and therefore they have better margins, better monetization. But what they don't have are the brands that we do have. So we have all of our radio station brands plus our personalities, not only in this market, but in other markets that we're in. So where they have some uh, advantages, we have some as well. But uh, this really began in the early 90s, late 80s. And when you think of digital disruption, newspapers really went first. Mm. When newspapers first got onto the Internet, that's why banner ads that we see today are squares and rectangles, because they came right out of newspapers. Newspapers basically took the paper, put it up online, and then filled those same holes with ads from advertisers. Because newspapers started first... TV and radio took longer to be disrupted, but once TV began to be disrupted, radio hung out the longest, but we're about three, uh, three years behind, in my opinion. From a radio standpoint, we should have been moving faster towards this. Mm. We're doing well, and we're certainly catching up to the others, and that's where the disruption really hits us and where we have to be more innovative. We don't want to do just what the other media companies are doing. Mm. We want to be able to provide to our advertisers how they best can reach our users, and our users, how they can find engaging content that they know us for, plus sometimes some content they don't know us for, but they can begin to know us for. Right. And that's, you know, when I think of consumers, and a lot of a lot of companies could spend millions of dollars doing research and think tanks and pulling in consumers into large rooms and asking them a thousand questions, I think of it from a personal perspective. Like, how do I engage with all of the different things in my day throughout the course of my day. Well, first thing I do when I get up in the morning is make coffee. But mm-hmm. very first thing I do as I'm doing that is also look at my phone. 
So as I look at my phone, what am I probably, what app am I probably going to touch? Might be Facebook and um, could be LinkedIn or, or Instagram. And, and so how I progress through the day, the next thing I do is I turn on the radio. And I uh, do that because this guy on the other side of the glass here is going to be <laughs> giving us a traffic report. And I want to know if, because uh, usually he's got a heads up from, from what uh, better, a little better sometimes than what uh, Google's you know, uh, information is. And so um, as you go throughout the day, you think of how a consumer has so many different touch points. I mean, they're they're, in some cases, they're consuming videos on YouTube or watching a show on Roku after, uh, after dinner or um, listening to the radio on, on the way into work or as they're taking the kids to soccer, all these different places. And that's where we want to live, right? As, as Beasley Media Group, we want to be able to, or in, in hopefully our uh, constituents in the radio industry see it that way as well. We're not a one-platform. We're not a one-trick rodeo mm-hmm. or a one-trick, what do they say, one-trick pony? What is that line? Is that, did I get that right, Pat? Well, po- ponies are in ra- in rodeos. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, let's talk about digital advertising, and uh, that's really what's important to uh, business uh, leaders and owners that are listening to this show. Uh, what? Uh, why? First of all, let's talk about why digital advertising is growing so much. So, digital advertising is growing for a variety of reasons, but uh, I've always shared with everyone especially from a sales standpoint, but advertisers as well, that digital is targeted, it's interactive, and it's measurable. Mm. Because I'm a digital advocate doesn't mean that I disparage traditional media. I grew up with traditional media, and Mm. it absolutely works. But if you stop and think about, let's use a newspaper as an example. If I'm an advertiser and the newspaper has my ad today, it gets thrown on someone's porch, I hope that someone opens the paper, flips to that page, sees my ad, gives me a call. I have to have someone at the front desk who says, hey, how'd you hear about me? And hopefully I say, well, I read it on the newspaper. And then you know that what you spent for that ad actually has a return. From a digital standpoint, if I run my ads on, let's say, a Beasley media site, I can tell whether or not the user saw the ad. And I definitely know if they clicked on the ad. Mm. And if they click, I also, as an advertiser, will understand where they came from, which would be Beasley. I would know if they were on my site, how long they were on my site. If I have e-commerce, I'd know if they bought. So I immediately have an entire closed feedback loop to say, I buy with Beasley. I see results. Therefore, what will I do? I'll spend more. Mm. Doesn't mean it doesn't have a newspaper or with radio or with TV. It's just different. That's why, among other things, that digital is growing faster than any other medium. You can track the path a whole lot easier. In fact, Absolutely. I, I do this with many of my clients. I actually have access to their Google Analytics and will look at the uh, customer acquisition, the flow, where they mm-hmm. come from. And oftentimes, in fact, uh, many of my clients I sent reports to last week. And the, the number one, number two, and number three source of traffic is coming from Beasley initiatives, yep. whether it's our, our, our owned and operated websites or whether it's through some of the Google tactics that we're, we're executing for them, pre-roll video or social video and things like that. You know, we tag those so that we can see. And so, and it's a third party, by the way. So it's not just my opinion. This right. is Google saying, look, you're getting 80% of your traffic from this particular lead source. I mean, that's amazing. And uh, that, that tracking is definitely uh, one of the reasons. How does, uh, you, you already kind of mentioned how digital uh, is different from uh, traditional, but there is a big, there's a school of thought, especially amongst, I, I don't want to say just younger people, but there are definitely a lot of people who think the only thing to do is digital media. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that being a digital guy? Yep. So that's the uh, trick question. And everyone would expect, well, you've got digital in your title, therefore you're going to say digital is the only thing. I say those very words when I'm in all of our markets. 
just because my business card says digital, you would be crazy if you thought that I would tell you to not advertise anywhere else but in digital only for one simple reason, and that's this. Our audiences are in multiple places, mm. and you said you get up in the morning, you check your email, you might be on Facebook, you might be in LinkedIn, then you're going to turn on the radio to listen to the traffic. Then you might actually flip over in your office to a podcast or something else. We will find our audiences wherever they are, mm. and they're not all on digital. And it doesn't even mean that millennials, that Gen Z, are just in digital. Mm -hmm. They're in other places as well. They're driving past uh, a, a bus shelter, and they're seeing advertising there. They're in a mall, and they're seeing advertising. They're, they're bombarded. We are all bombarded. So I would never say digital only. Digital and traditional work very well together, mm. and they complement one another. Ultimately, I'm, of course, an advocate of digital, but we need to use the right mix that is going to find that user base. So if you're looking for an older user base, you might want to be more in traditional media. If you're looking for a younger user base, Gen Z probably don't do newspaper. Gotcha. Well, I've, matter of fact, I was listening to Caroline's uh, podcast from mm -hmm. Clubhouse. It mm -hmm. was recorded on Clubhouse last Friday, listening to it this morning. And she was talking about how the company had acquired, you know, the esports properties, whether it's the Houston Outlaws or Checkpoint XP. And uh, in order to tap that younger audience who's into esports and gaming, and it actually is working to draw them into radio as well mm -hmm. because they're listening to our podcasts, they're going to the websites, listening and consuming this content. Of course, we haven't had events recently over the last 12 months, but that's on the horizon as well. Yep. But uh, these mediums all work together, and they work together really well, especially uh, as you look at who it is you're trying to identify and bring in. What do we? What what can what can uh, somebody think about? What, how can somebody get started with digital advertising? Let's talk about that because I know it's overwhelming, especially for a lot of smaller local businesses. Maybe it's a mom and pop that's grown from fifty thousand dollars last year to, or a couple of years ago to to five hundred thousand dollars. The whole concept of digital advertising is very overwhelming. Where should they start? Great question. So if you are a small to medium business and you're looking to do some digital advertising, there's a couple of things that I would recommend. First of all. Advertising is about attention. You need to find where there is going to be a user base that is congruent with your target audience. So if you sell, uh, if you do oil, lube, and filter, that's pretty much any demographic out there, male or female, younger or older. So you could look at a lot of different audiences. If you want to reach a Gen Z, you're going to look at something that's going to be more like you said, eSports. But let's say that that's what you do. You, you uh, do lube, oil, and filter. You want to reach as many people who have a car who need an oil change. No matter what advertising you do, if you don't have a way to catch them and to in, uh, interact with them, you're going to have a problem. So do you have a website? Do you have a website that actually functions well? If they come, is there an offer that they can download? Is there something that they can call? So you have to make sure that you have a website. Mm -hmm. Then when you think about that, though, there are literally billions of websites out there. How do you become the website that is seen versus your competitor versus a random website out there? So I recommend that every business do some search engine marketing. Make sure that you get moved above the noise mm -hmm. based on a combination of Tampa oil change, Tampa lube oil and filter, something like that that's going to say when I'm searching to have my oil changed that this, that Bob from Bob's lube oil and filter should show up for me. Mm -hmm. Then search engine marketing is great, but that doesn't always mean that folks are going to find you when they need an oil change. They're going to need an oil change every 3,000 miles, whatever the case may be. 
you need to be doing some type of advertising that is more from a branding standpoint so folks can think about you. So some, di- some display ads or something else that's going to keep them top of mind. When you say, wow, no one's clicking on my ad and coming in and getting an oil change, that doesn't mean it's not working. Right. If they then come in because they see you regularly, they get to know your name. And one of the things that we're doing here and in all of our markets is what's called sponsored content, mm. which is where an advertiser will be associated with content that is useful for the user. So if I've, from Bob's Lugo and Filter, if I've been sponsoring a series of this week it's how to change a tire, next week it's how to uh, fix a crack in your windshield, something else like that, over time the users say, wait a second, Bob seems to know something about cars, and then I see an ad, and then I search for... I need to get my oil changed. Boom, there's Bob. And I go, wait a second. I trust Bob because he brings me really great content and he's associated with Beasley Media Group. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that helps establish that whole no like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I, I, I interrupted you saying that it's kind of that mid-funnel mm-hmm. and upper funnel. You call it, we call it branding, but it, it really is uh, what I call also, and on this show we call it a lot, we call it developing that relationship. Right. You know, it's, it's uh, as, as business owners, we can't just be reaching out to, to consumers when we need a sale. Mm-hmm. We need to be there as a resource for them and developing that relationship uh, through the entire life of that consumer before they need us as well. What you got, Pat? You got a question? Has digital pretty much killed those envelopes we used to get filled with coupons because I don't see that much anymore. You know, Pat, what's interesting is it hasn't. It actually hasn't killed like the Valpax and the, the home offers and so forth for a couple of reasons. Number one, the entry point to those is still low. The cost is lower. And a lot of times advertisers want to jump in at a lower cost. But number two, they really do work to a certain extent. Uh, A real great friend of mine, Gordon Burrell, who runs Burrell Associates Mm -hmm. in the industry here, loves to call direct mail the cockroach of advertising because it won't die. Mm. That's not a pejorative. What that's saying is it continues to sell because it continues to work. work. Direct mail has about a 1% response rate. That's not necessarily what other media has. But if you get 1% all the time and you can run the numbers and say if 1% will look at my ad and X percent will call me in. I can close X percent and the numbers work. It's absolutely. And it goes back to me saying, I would never say just do digital. Maybe it's digital and radio and direct mail. Maybe it's direct mail and radio and something else. It needs to be a combination of touch points. That's totally. the thing that we know. And this is going to lead me to my last question, because uh, I know you, you're on a tight schedule. You've got a busy, <laughs> busy schedule here in Tampa Bay. But, uh, you know, I, I, maybe 10 years ago, I would have people ask this question more, but uh, I think it's still a relevant question because some people wouldn't know the answer. Why is a radio, a radio company, radio station, although we're seven stations here in Tampa, uh, selling digital advertising? Number one, because we have an audience, and that audience trusts us, knows us, believes in us, and our advertisers want to access that audience. If you're already advertising with us on air, you should absolutely be advertising with us digitally because you'll have more touch points to that same audience that you get from a radio standpoint. But we also get users who come to us that have nothing to do with our radio. They may not be listening to one of our streams or one of our live sites, but they will come to us for an article that they found through SEO or something else. A radio company is a media company like any other out there, and media simply is that. It's between the user and, in this case, the advertiser. We're the medium between the two. 
In other cases, it would be, well, our competitors are doing it, so we need to at least keep up with our competitors. That's not why we necessarily want to do it. We want to do it because it performs well for advertisers and our users. But if we want to continue to be a going concern, we need to diversify our revenues, make sure that we are doing everything we can to be a strong company. Mm. And not only is radio a good piece, but digital is also a good piece. Yeah, and digital is the is a is a big piece. As uh, Caroline was here a couple of weeks ago, Caroline Beasley, uh, CEO of mm-hmm. uh, Beasley Media Group, and she was talking about uh, the future of our business. And we're excited because obviously, as a radio industry, the radio portion of our business is very mature, and we are we we got it down, man. Mm-hmm. We're we're doing it really really well. And as we apply what we do really well with our broadcast capabilities over to the digital side. Uh, we're going to do really, really well there too. Any, uh, any one topics or, or little nuggets you can give as far as we got about a one minute left uh, of what's bright in the future of uh, digital is in terms of what you're excited about digital advertising? Here's what I've always loved about digital and that it is simply so dynamic. Just when you think you know digital, there's something new, right? right? Yeah. Podcasts have been around for quite some time, then they kind of declined, and now they've had an immense resurgence. Sure. Then audio is having a special moment as well. You've got Clubhouse. You've got Twitter and Spaces, right? Everybody is putting something into audio as well. TikTok is going crazy. We have users who are finding many different ways to consume media. And when you have an audience like that, that's ripe for an advertiser to tap them. But you also need someone to help you with that because back to Bob. If I'm Bob, I just change oil. That's what I do. Mm. I need someone who does marketing to help me. Otherwise, I'll likely not get to spend and the return that I need. So ultimately, for me, it's us being able to show our advertisers and our users that we can help bring the two of them together. And that's what I do, as a matter of fact. And that's what you're leading the charge for Beasley Media Group. His name is Todd Handy. He is the chief digital officer of Beasley Media Group, our company right here. Proud to have you in the studio today. So glad you carved out some time. I know you got to meet with a lot of people and and uh, we're talking about strategy here. As uh, we get off the air, we're going to be talking about our content and the owned and operated properties that we run as a, as a company as well. Thanks for listening to Business Beyond the Boardroom On Demand podcast, a feature of the Business Beyond the Boardroom live radio show. You can listen to the full live radio show every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time anywhere in the U.S. simply by going to moneytalk1010.com. Or if you live in Tampa Bay on 103.1 FM, 92.1 FM, 1010 AM, or 99.5 HD2. Also, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for more great business and marketing content, or just hop over to my website, marksteckman.com. Thanks for listening and make it a great day.